And welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 6, Episode 8, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, we will be looking at Jeremiah chapter 4, starting in verse 19. These verses are sometimes called the Cross of Jeremiah, as we see Jeremiah's personal anguish from announcing the doom of his people. Jeremiah loved his people, and they in turn accused him of treason. Let's turn to Jeremiah 4, looking at verse 19. My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent. For I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Crash follows hard on crash. The whole land is laid waste. Suddenly my tents are laid waste, my curtains in a moment. How long must I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people are foolish, they know me not. They are stupid children, they have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil, but how to do good, they know not. I looked on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked, and behold, there was no man, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, The whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not make a full end. For this the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above be dark. For I have spoken, I have purposed, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. At the noise of horsemen and archer, every city takes to flight. They enter thickets, they climb among rocks. All the cities are forsaken, and no man dwells in them. And you, O desolate one, what do you mean that you dress in scarlet, that you adorn yourself with ornaments of gold, that you enlarge your eyes with paint? In vain you beautify yourself, your lovers despise you, they seek your life. For I heard a cry as of a woman in labor, anguish as as of one giving birth to her first child, the cry of the daughter of Zion gasping for breath, stretching out her hands, Woe is me, I am fainting before murderers. All right, lots of good stuff here. Back to verse 19. My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent, for I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Well, we know that Jeremiah has been given significant insight along with the messages he received from God. And now, years before it actually occurs, Jeremiah can see the coming destruction of Jerusalem, and he is anguished by that understanding. Jeremiah cries out, My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. This is a very deep-seated anguish of Jeremiah's soul. Jeremiah can already hear the trumpet sound of the approaching armies. This stresses him out and upsets him. And it upsets him so much that it makes his heart race. And he is so upset, he bursts out loud with his anguish for his people. Verse 20 and 21, Crash follows hard on crash. 
The whole land is laid waste. Suddenly my tents are laid waste, my curtains in a moment. How long must I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? A hard crash is coming to Jerusalem with a large invading army that will destroy the people's homes and the sights and sounds of the battle, including waving standards and trumpet sounds. And Jeremiah laments, How long must he endure the sounds of battle and siege? Verse 22, there's a change in focus here. For my people are foolish, they know me not. They are stupid children, they have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil, but how to do good, they know not. So here in verse 22, we switch from Jeremiah's anguish to God's reply to Jeremiah. God still uses this term, my people, but it speaks to their foolishness. They are foolish and stupid without understanding. Instead of being skilled in righteousness, they were skilled or wise in doing evil. The consciences they had were seared from the evil that they had done, and they did not have the understanding how to do good. And God, like a heartbroken parent, warning about the consequences of a lifestyle choice, found that they wouldn't follow. They chose to ignore God. They chose to ignore his wisdom. Verse 23, I looked on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked, and behold, there was no man, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. John Bright writes about this. He calls this poem from verses 23 to 31 one of the most powerful descriptions of the day of Yahweh in prophetic literature. These same words that we find here, without form and void, it may be familiar to you because they are also found in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 1 and 2 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What Jeremiah sees looks like decreation. J.A. Thompson writes, as if the earth had been uncreated. In this case, sin and rebellion of Judah against God was going to be leading to darkness and chaos. God's judgment is also seen as the mountains quake and the hills move. The once fruitful land is now silent and devoid of people. Even the birds have left to escape the devastation. God had been patient for centuries, but now an inescapable and total destruction is coming. Second Peter 3.9, Peter writes, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. But God's patience is also limited. In Amos 4.11, I overthrew some of you as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a brand plucked out of the burning, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. 
Therefore, thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. So when all the warnings have been ignored, there is nothing left but judgment. Verse 27. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not make a full end. For this the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above be dark. For I have spoken, I have purposed, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. At the noise of horsemen and archer, every city takes to flight. They enter thickets, they climb among rocks, all the cities are forsaken, and no man dwells in them. And you, O desolate one, what do you mean that you dress in scarlet, that you adorn yourself with ornaments of gold, that you enlarge your eyes with paint? In vain you beautify yourself. Your lovers despise you, they seek your life. For I heard a cry as of a woman in labor, anguish as one giving birth to her first child, the cry of the daughter of Zion, gasping for breath, stretching out her hands, Woe is me, I am fainting before murderers. So the view of desolation and the total destruction that's coming continues here. But notice in verse 27 that desolation is warranted, but God will not make a full end of it. God's covenant love and compassion for Judah still governs his actions. In Hosea 11.8, this is talking about Ephraim, the northern kingdom, but the same is true for Judah. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst. I will not come in wrath. So God plans a return of his people after a time, after a time of renewal and rebuilding of his people, the remnant. For now in verse 28, God is working out his purposes and will not relent. The Babylonian army is so formidable that look at the actions of those who hear the horsemen and the archers. Every city takes to flight, they enter thickets, they climb among rocks. All the cities are forsaken and no man dwells in them. Especially those found outside of the fortified cities. The rulers of Jerusalem behind the walls will try to make overtures either to the enemy or more likely to former powers they once fought but now try to secure their help for them we see this in verse 30 and you O desolate one what do you mean that you dress in scarlet that you adorn yourself with ornaments of gold that you enlarge your eyes with paint in vain you beautify yourself your lovers despise you they seek your life that search for a security partner to help them against Nebuchadnezzar will ultimately not be successful. Jerusalem dresses as a prostitute to attract her lovers, to help her rather than relying on God and coming back to God and returning to God. These arrangements will fail because these very nations, as it says here, seek the destruction of Jerusalem and the captivity of the people. Jeremiah now compares Jerusalem's efforts to avoid destruction to the pain of a woman in a difficult childbirth 
for I heard a cry as of a woman in labor, anguished as one of my own, of, as of one giving birth to her first child. The cry of the daughter of Zion, gasping for breath, stretching out her hands, woe is me, for I'm fainting before murderers. In our next episode nine, in, in season six, we'll begin chapter five. The nation is described as a people completely alienated from God, which becomes an additional justification for the oncoming judgment. I hope you will follow season six as we continue to follow the career of Jeremiah and the history around his ministry. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have learned something new about God's Word. May God bless you this day.